Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there and welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. And Kristen, a uh, little disclosure to our listeners. We were going to do a whole different topic today. We were. But uh, in the past few weeks, we have seen a ton of stories about how in this down economy, uh, there's a trend of young women trying to donate their eggs to make money. Right. Because if you've ever looked through a newspaper, sometimes there'll be ads in classified sections for um, for women's eggs, and they run anywhere from $5,000, $10,000. So women see this and think, hey, that's a easy way to earn a buck. Or Some tuition 10, money. <laughs> yeah. Some credit card bills. So it's it's a pretty big trend. I think we were reading articles that said every fertility clinic across the board, across mm-hmm. the country, is showing spikes in women trying to donate their eggs. Right. And these are stories ranging from Wall Street Journal, CNN, Slate. I mean, it's, it's kind of running the gamut of uh, news outlets. But Molly, I have to wonder, um, donating your eggs, that seems like a complicated process. It doesn't seem like, you know, sperm bank, you can walk in, walk out. 60 bucks. Yeah. Although we, we got to say, you know, sperm banks are a little little more complicated than that. But still, eggs, I mean, you have to, they have to get them from inside your body and extract them. I know. Reading up on the process, it almost sounds like it would be a part-time job. Yeah. I mean, the pay would be equivalent to a part-time job, but so is the process. So I think, Kristen, why don't we go over that process? Okay. First, before you can even just get your money, you've got to be approved. And Mm -hmm. there's pretty strict criteria for this. Yeah. You've got to be at least 21 years old and uh, in your early 30s at the most. By the time you're 35, you're going to get probably cut from any list. Um, they'd like you to have advanced education, high SAT scores will help. You need to be the healthy weight. Of course, uh, no drugs, no smoking. Some um, agencies won't allow you to donate if you've had a tattoo recently or any body piercings. You need to have good family medical history. I mean, you kind of need to be, be in really good shape. The ideal woman. And it's more than just your body and your brain. You've got to have very uh, stable psychological levels. They've mm-hmm. got to be able to tell that, you know, you're not doing this for, I don't know, for lack of a better word, some weird reason. Like $10,000? Actually, it seems like women can be pretty upfront about wanting the money. I mean, that's not the best reason to go in and give them, but I think there are women who go in straight up and are like, give me some money. Show me the money. Right, right. There was a survey done um, among, I think it was 80 egg donors that was published in the December 2008 issue of the journal Fertility and Sterility. Mm. And... um I think it was 80% of the women said that they did it just purely for altruistic reasons. They don't, you know, give me the money if you will, but... But I just want to do good. Yeah. Well, that's what every study that I've read seems to show is that primarily women do this for some altruistic, I want to help another family have a baby sort of reason. Right. But we can't separate the fact that there's money attached. Right, Molly. The money aspect of egg donation, which we'll get to later, is... uh one of the controversial aspects of the whole process, but it's not like walking into a, frater- a fertility clinic is, you know, like going to an ATM because about 90% of the women who sign up to be egg donors are going to be cut before a single egg is harvested. 
Okay, so all these women who want to get the money, they may not get to it. Mm-hmm. They might go through that initial testing, you know, normal BMI, no smoking, et cetera, but they probably won't make it to that final round. It's like a reality show. It kind of is. <laughs> okay, so the ones who make it through, um, they are in for a world of paperwork first. Yes. There's a lot of legal ramifications you've got to establish before you can give away your eggs, including the establishment of parental rights. There's going to be a contract that basically lays out the confidentiality clauses, um, you know, the fact that you're giving away all your rights to the eggs, the embryos, if you're the donor. They're going to belong to this family that you're going to be matched with. Uh, they're going to, their names are going to be on the birth certificate and you probably are never going to see them again. Right. Essentially, you know, you can't, if the person has a child from your egg, you can't go down the road claim that that child is is legally yours. And that same contract that you're talking about, Molly, should also lay out um, the recipient's financial responsibility. I mean, this is a costly process, and a lot of times it's the recipients, not the donors, who are going to be paying for the series of medical exams and medication and all of that, that um, that's involved. Now, this is where it starts to get really time-consuming and kind of icky for me, Kristen, but I'm just scared of shots, so that just might be me. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty intensive. Um uh, once, once a donor and recipient are matched up, the main thing that they have to do in order for this to work is sync up their periods. Yeah. Get on the same menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean, Molly? What's our favorite word? Hormones. Yeah. So you have to kind of, they've got to tinker with their hormone levels to not only sync up their menstrual cycle with the recipient, but also get prep their egg follicles to release multiple eggs instead of the usual one egg per month. Right. So the first thing you're going to do is inject yourself daily um, with gonadotropin agonists, which are the things that actually shut down your natural hormones. Mm-hmm. And this takes about four weeks, four weeks of injections. And you're also on birth control all this time. Uh, so that this is kind of bringing your cycle to this natural end, getting you ready to sync up with this person who will eventually, hopefully, carry these eggs. Right. And the next stage is the ovarian stimulation process. And this is when the donor is injecting herself with with hormones to to stimulate that release of the multiple eggs. Right, because normally you just do one a month. Right. And so during this process... um, the donor undergoes frequent blood tests and ultrasounds so that the doctor can monitor the egg follicle development. And when those follicles are fully developed, the donor then injects herself again with human chorionic gonadotropin, or HCG, nice. helping her let eggs separate from the follicle walls for retrieval. So you're basically prepping your ovaries to kind of do more work than they usually do. And then release the eggs. Supercharged ovaries. Yeah, lots of shots, lots of pills, lots of ultrasounds. But the key thing here, you know, it's all these daily injections, but at the very end, timing could not be more crucial. Like, Mm -hmm. you can mess up this whole process if you don't time all these injections and let your doctor know about when you're doing what exactly right. Because once you do this last HCG injection... This is when it's time to retrieve the eggs. Mm -hmm. And you can't minimize the fact that this is surgery. Like, you're going to be under anesthesia. Just general anesthesia, we should say. They are going to stick a needle through your vagina to your ovaries. Yes, they are. I mean, you can't minimize the fact that there's needles where I don't think there should be needles. (laughs) Well, Molly, despite what, despite what your, um, you know, your comfort level may be with needles, um, 
And the egg donation process, which is which is the actual process of egg retrieval, is very safe. It's just an ultrasound-guided needle that, like you said, <laughs> injects through the vaginal wall, retrieves the eggs. And they only have, what, 34 to 36 hours after that injection to get that done. Right. And then very quickly after that, they're going to be combining the harvested eggs with sperm. Um, you may use a sperm donor. You may use the recipient male family members sperm husband partner yeah and then um they're going to incubate that and then place that in the recipient's uterus and that's IVF in vitro fertilization yeah so simple enough i guess so it can be very <laughs> painful for some women i've read the actual surgery to remove the eggs right and there are no this is not a risk free process um all of these hormones that you're injecting this process that that your body is having to undergo which can you know can really strain your ovaries and actually cause something called ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome that's in a pretty small percentage of people but it's a risk nonetheless and along with that you may experience hot flashes mood swings and breast tenderness yeah and i have to say when i was reading the article that talks about this oh SS uh, ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome that scared me to death. And our article on the site says one percent chance of developing it. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a site done by the National Institute of Health, and they said it's more like ten percent. And you know what um, happens if you have serious signs of this? Tell me. You gain weight at a rate of two pounds a day. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty intense stuff. I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to go either way on this. I know it's a very sensitive issue, but it's there are very real risks, and that's right. I think the reason that people are very worried that these young women might be doing this strictly for money because it is a can be a major strain on your body. Mm-hmm. And um, like we said earlier, most women are compensated between you know five seven thousand dollars, and the American Society of Reproductive Medicine recommends compensating no more than $5,000 because, like you said, they think that beyond that, women might just want to donate for the money and not take into account any, you know, physical risks involved. Right. Especially because uh, since this is a fairly new procedure, there are really no long-term studies of how this might affect future fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, being on this many fertility drugs for such an intense period of time, it could be linked with some cancers. They're still trying to investigate that. Um, but you're right. Anything over $5,000, the American Society of Reproductive Medicine says it could be coercion, basically. You're basically getting a young woman to give you eggs under financial gain. Right. And if when I was reading these uh, different articles online, the thing that struck me the most wasn't necessarily what was in the articles, but the comments attached to them. People, most of the people were just outraged that women were being paid $10,000 for their, to harvest their eggs. And they just thought it was morally and ethically just disgusting. Right. They find it morally or ethically disgusting because of the money attached to it or the process in general. It seemed like it was more of the money factor. But Molly, I went back and did a little research. um, And the first test tube baby was born in London in 1978. And there were similar reactions to that. People were horrified that, you know, you could, you know, quote unquote, create life, if you will. Um, in a tube. And so it's set off this firestorm of ethical debates about, you know, what are the limits of reproductive technology? Where is this going? And I think that this is just part of it. Well, it's interesting you bring up London, Kristen, because I know that in uh, Britain and in Canada, among just a few of the countries, you don't get any compensation mm-hmm. for donating your eggs. It's a 
entirely voluntary process. Yeah, and in 2007, the state of Maryland introduced a bill to ban compensation for egg donation. But I will say, you know, sperm donors at least get something. Yeah, yeah like 60 bucks. So yeah. are we saying that the male, the male part is more valuable than the female part of the whole equation? Well, maybe sperm donation is not as controversial because, first of all, um, the first sperm bank was founded in 1953, so it's been around a lot longer. And uh, as most, most people know, uh, you do not have to go inside of the male to retrieve something. You don't have to, he doesn't have to undergo any special medication. Really, when a guy goes to a sperm bank and he's approved, all that he has to refrain from is um, ejaculating for a few days, and that's about it. Nothing like six to eight weeks of poking and prodding. <laughs> yeah, no no shots, none of that. But you know what's interesting to me is even though this seems like something that is just a little too uh, up close and personal for me mm-hmm. and my eggs, uh, women who do it, according to the American Society of Reproductive Medicine, 100% of them in a survey that was done by that group reported they would donate again. They liked the process, they would do it again, and 50% of those said if they had to do it again, they would forego compensation. Right. Well, you know, if you're thinking about donating eggs, I think the most important thing is to know what's involved. You see $5,000, $10,000 in a newspaper ad. There's a lot that goes into earning that money. It is not just a walk-in, walk-out process. So if you'd like to learn more about the egg donation process and everything that goes into it, you can read how egg donation works on HowStuffWorks.com and If you'd like to send me or Molly a question, comment, or suggestion, you can email us at momstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?